Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. Those of you joining me in the chat room, I'm going to try something a little crazy in a little bit. You're listening live. I'm going to allow you to try doing the call in. I don't know how this is going to work. It could go amazingly or it could go horribly, but we'll have to wait and see. But first, got to pay some bills, y'all. Um, Built Bar. I love talking about them because they're amazing, amazing products. They just had a, a re-release of the Mocha Love flavor, which anything chocolate and coffee, come on, I'm in. Um, I have a Twitter friend. We all love her. Her name is Coffee Lover M. I think she's possibly the only person on the entire internet who loves coffee as much as, if not more so than me. But all these great flavors, the, the re-releases that come out, like a little couple weeks ago, they had the, the chocolate chip cookie dough that re-released. They had the coconut brownie that re-released. And the regular flavors they have all the time. They're all absolutely amazing. I mean, it's a protein bar, but it's absolutely amazing. It's like eating a candy bar. I have to put them up or else I will eat them all and then... For healthy stuff, it's not good for you when you eat all 18 bars in one sitting. I'm waiting for a response because I know there's some listeners of the Blaze who are having a uh, having a moment right now because I use the number 18. Anyways, um, BuiltBar.com, promo code RELENTLESS, save 10%, or click the link in the show notes, check it out. BuiltBar.com, the absolute best protein bars on the market. All right. So last week, Tim Scott gave his, his rebuttal to the, uh, to Joe Biden's speech before a joint session of Congress. I'm not going to call it a state of the union because it really wasn't, um, which is all well and good. However, He made the mistake of saying, you know, as a black man who grew up in the South, I have experienced real racism. My grandparents and my parents experienced real Jim Crow, you know, attempts to keep them from voting, attempts to keep them from being part of a civilized society. (laughs) Well, how dare, how dare he come out and say such horrible things as I know what real racism is because apparently he doesn't, or at least in the, uh, the eyes of numerous blackface wearing celebs, he doesn't. For those of you who are listening on podcast, currently in the chat room, they're trying to, uh, they're plotting on destroying the show by completely clogging up the lines. But anywho's, um, this is from Daily Caller. Jimmy Kimmel and Joy Behar 
who both wore blackface, lecture Senator Tim Scott on racism. Comedian, uh, comedians Jimmy Kimmel and Joy Behar have both worn blackface in the past and both use their platforms to lecture Republican South Carolina Senator Tim Scott on racism. <laughs> uh, Princess Steve says he's a bootlicking Republican. Of course, he has no idea what real racism is. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're asking if I have a snurdly or if uh, Tim Scott has a snurdly. I don't know. Kimmel, who wore blackface in the 90s to parody NBA player Carl Malone, appeared to mock the fact that Scott was the only black Republican senator. He then turned the attack directly on Scott, suggesting that he was intentionally ignoring the obvious. Quote, every black Republican senator got together to let the American people know the Republican Party isn't racist. And then Tim promptly returned to the sensory deprivation egg. And apparently the entire story didn't load. Good job, Daily Caller. But yeah, it, it's it's up oh, like. Behar, who donned blackface as part of a beautiful African woman costume she wore for Halloween at age 29, lashed out at Scott during Thursday's broadcast of The View on ABC. She argued that he, quote, didn't understand, end quote, the difference between living in a racist country and systemic racism. I mean, so, quote, now, Tim Scott, he does not seem to understand, and a lot of them don't seem to understand the difference between race and country and a, and a systemic, systemic racism. They don't seem to get the difference, Behar said, arguing that even if the United States was not a racist country, there was still a problem with systemic racism that needs to be addressed. <laughs> the fact that Tim Scott cannot acknowledge this is appalling. How can you go out there? And say, when you just said two minutes ago, you were the object and the victim of discrimination. Then he says this is not a racist country. At least acknowledge that there is systemic racism, Behar continued. That's what I wanted to hear from him, but he didn't say it. Both Behar and Kimmel reacting to Scott's speech, which followed President Joe Biden's address Wednesday, during which he said he did not believe that America was a racist nation and promised to keep working for a way forward. Quote, believe me. I know our healing is not finished. In 2015, after the shooting of Walter Scott, I wrote a bill to fund body cameras. Last year, after the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, I built an even bigger police reform proposal. But my Democratic colleagues blocked it. I extended an olive branch. I offered them amendments, but Democrats used the filibuster to block the debate from happening. If I may insert, they now say that the filibuster is racist. So if it's racist now, it was racist then when they were using it to block a black man who was proposing reforms on the police. My friends across the aisle seem to want the issue more than they wanted a solution, but I'm still working and I'm still hopeful. And, oh, and it gets better. I'm going to play a little snippet right here of everybody's favorite Alyssa Milano cookies and a rebuttal from a black woman. This is amazing. For those of us who are not black men, imagine watching the news and seeing how people imagine being a black man and being told by some white lady with a microphone that you and the criminal on TV are one of the same because you look alike. Imagine being told by society that white people can be all that they can be, but you as a black man, the content of your character is completely irrelevant. You are the color of your skin and that is all you will ever be. Imagine being told you can't figure out how to vote because of the color of your skin. Socioeconomics affects everyone, but apparently you're not as smart as the poorest white person. Lady, I don't want to hate you. I'm a 90s kid. I grew up with you, so I know you're very talented. I understand your heart is in the right place, but you are everything you preach against. <laughs> 
you're not helping. You're making things worse. You're causing more division. You're causing more fear. Statistically speaking, I am more likely to be shot and killed by my black elderly neighbor across the street than the cop who patrols my neighborhood. Statistically speaking, homicide by cop is very rare, but people like you find power in fear, so you keep it front page news. You don't have to be a white supremacist. You can be better. For those of us who are not black men, imagine watching the Yeah, so for those of you who are listening live, if that didn't play through, okay, so they're saying it did come through fine. Yeah. And this is something I have been, you know, railing about. It's like, who are white liberals to tell black people that it, that they don't know how to do something because they're black or that, you know, yeah, you may be a great person, but really you're not anything more than the color of your skin. You don't you can't you can't succeed in life without government here to you know that's mostly made up of you know affluent white people to take care of you to be your mommies and daddies. It, it it's the most condescending thing in the world. And and they just keep coming out and do it. And you know and I it really pisses me off about Jimmy Kimmel because there was a there's a big to-do made because Mike Lindell, you know, the my pillow guy, was going to go on Kimmel. And then nothing happened. <laughs> uh Libertarian Ninja is asking when do they get to call in and cause train wreck? Hashtag asking for a friend. Bro, the lines are open. Just saying. But, you know, Jimmy Kimmel had, when I watched the YouTube video, the entire 18-minute conversation between Kimmel and Mike Lindell, and I kind of expect to be really a lot more... I expect it to be a lot more um, insanity than than what came off because, but really, Kimmel was incredibly respectful. I I was actually shocked at the way he treated him, and yeah, he pushed on him, he talked over him, he did you know make some jokes that were rather uncouth, but. You know, Mike Lindell handled it amazingly. It's just, I don't know why they want to act the way they do. Like, it's, you know, they have one moment where they surprise everybody. You know, Bill Maher is amazing at surprising everybody by making sense. And then he turns around and craps on everything by being an absolute moron. I like, oh, you were reaching across the aisle, and then uh, you decide you don't like us anymore. It's butamous. But it, it's the dumbest thing in the world. I saw that uh, Steve was trying to call in. Dude, hit again. I don't know what's going on here. So I this is my first time trying to do this. Hello. All right. So, Steve, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Awesome. Hey, this works. <laughs> oh, I guess I over this. Oh, what's up? Uh, the usual uh, chaos. The usual chaos. Long-time listener, Long-time first-time listener, caller. First-time caller. Fortunately, you didn't have a uh, call screener that you had to talk to and tell me how awesome of a guy he is. Yeah, that call screener's yeah, useless. Call screener's I do useless. want to have a few words with your producer, though. Producer, though. No, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll get a long ways with him. He'll probably go, huh? 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 Indeed. Indeed. So I definitely <laughs> don't I have definitely anything don't have to say, but I think I speak for a lot of people when I say... Democrats, Democrats definitely, definitely practice, practice what, they what they preach against. Preach against. 
And, and the sooner we the can sooner get them, we to, can shut get them up, to shut the better. up, the better. Oh, absolutely. Because they're, they're amazing at projecting. I mean, the, the only thing that projects worse than a Democrat is a person with projectile vomit. And it, <laughs> it it's ridiculous. Because everything they so, ever because so. that's all they really do is they, they regurgitate talking points. They, you know, say the same stupid things over and over again. But whenever you offer solutions, oh, well, we, we really don't want the solutions. We just want the problem because we get power off the problem. Well, I mean, well, I mean, take a look at what they talked about, too, about, too. That very article that you, very were article talking, you were just about, talking about, you know, even if yeah, we don't, even have, if we a don't have a racism problem, we still have a racism problem. How does that make, sense, does to that make sense to anybody? Right. And, and sometimes the messaging that, you know, I don't want to necessarily say conservatives because not all Republicans are conservative, i.e. No, they are not. Mitch no, they are McConnell, but. Whenever solutions are offered that actually make sense, they get ignored. But the only solutions that they really seem to like is when those, you know, right-wing progressives, again, Mitch McConnell, come in and start, well, we're going to use more government and we're going to destroy this problem, root and branch, root and branch. Then people want to get on board. The, the problem that problem exists, that on, the exists on the or the, or GOP, the side, GOP side, you know, we've you know, always, we've been, always the been the party of smaller, smaller government. government. The problem, the problem is, is they take that they smaller, take that government, smaller government, government as we're not going to do, do anything. Right. And they'd rather, they'd rather, you know, they'd rather hold on to the reins while, you know, I've used this analogy for forever. Our current, our country is currently a, you know, 1800s carriage, you know, stagecoach speeding through the desert towards a cliff. And the Democrats and Republicans, they're fighting for control of the reins that when the Democrats get the reins, they don't turn the horse from the cliff. They spur it on faster. And then Republicans get control of the reins. They don't slow it down. They don't turn it. They just, we're going to keep going the same pace. Well, I, well, we just got to remember, gotta I'm going to leave everybody with this parting thought. thought. All we got to do, we gotta is, do get is get control of the presidency, of the, presidency the, House, the, House, the House, and the Senate. And we're going to make, we're gonna make everything, everything better. Everything better. Absolutely. Because... Every time we have control of all facets of government, including, you know, a theoretical three-seat majority in the Supreme Court, everything goes the way of conservatism. All right. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for having me. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So my first caller on the live show. Oh my goodness. And yeah, there are people talking about the, uh, you know, scrolling back up here through the live stream or through the uh, chat. But yeah, it, it's as someone, someone pointed out, I didn't see who it was. Uh, if the system is so racist, why not abolish the whole system? I mean, that seems to work for me. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Lady Dice says, need to work on the Echo. You know, I can't control all aspects of technology, especially since it's running through my computer, going into the board, and then going back into the computer again to record it. And technology, it's awesome. Give, give a Luddite like me technology and see what we can destroy. It's a Beautiful thing. Uh, so next story I just want to get into. So the census numbers have been coming out. And so we saw last week 
several states are going to lose a representative. Texas will gain two, and was it five other, five or six other states will gain one, and that spurred all sorts of, oh my god. This is all because Donald Trump did did such a horrible thing because he didn't want he was trying to scare the trying to scare the illegals from being able to be counted. And so now, but they don't want to look at, you know, maybe their bad policies were causing people to vote on you know, how great those policies are by, you know, using their feet and moving elsewhere. There's a reason why California is like three times the national average on the cost of renting a U-Haul to leave. Oh my gosh, it, it it's nuts. But, so now, you know, New York is wanting to challenge the official count of their state population because you know Andrew Cuomo Donald Trump is just trying to force everyone to be lower so we don't get the appropriate amount of representation in the Congress like dude shut up you're an idiot but now because there's all sorts of shenanigans tomfoolery with the White House now getting involved you know, the Biden White House. House Republicans question the census count, say White House involvement and difference from estimates is suspicious. House Republicans question Friday the, the legitimacy of the final census count presented, which determines the number of representatives each state will be allotted in the House. Over a dozen Republicans sent a letter to Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo asking about how political interference in the census numbers. The letter speculates on irregular and inappropriate involvement in the census from the White House, requesting materials to clarify the process in preparing the census. Let's see. Uh, there's a tweet here. Rep- Representative James Comer and committee Republicans wrote U.S. Commerce Secretary... Raimondo, about Biden administration's questionable treatment of and possible political interference of the 2020 census, results are strikingly different than population estimates released in December. A ranking member of the House Oversight Committee, Republican Kentucky Representative James Comer, is the first senator on the letter. He was joined by 16 other congressmen and ranking Republican members, including George Representative Jody Heiss, Arizona Representative Andy Biggs, Pennsylvania Representative Fred Keller, and Louisiana Representative Clay Higgins. Quote, we write today with concerns about the apportionment count released by the Census Bureau and whether the process which derived the count was fair, accurate, and independent from any White House interference, the letter opens. The House members claimed that staff contacted the Census Bureau to ask questions about the count, but were referred to the White House. Quote, yet the statute is clear. It is the Secretary of Commerce who reports the apportionment count to the president, not the other way around. Referring our staff's questions to the White House about the results produced by the Census Bureau is entirely inappropriate and raises questions about the level of White House involvement in the process. The representatives also mentioned major gaps between projected results and finals results. I don't know who edits these things, but finals results? Oh boy. Furthermore, Blur continues, the apportionment population results released by the Census Bureau are strikingly different from the population evaluation estimates released just months ago on December 22nd 2020, the letter reads, the congressmen note that the I'm sorry, my phone did something weird and everything 
is bouncing all over the place. So that's exciting, exciting radio right here, folks. Absolutely amazing. Furthermore, the apportionment population is since percent. Congressman note that the different differences benefit blue states, which saw an increase in population over red states, which lost population when compared to the projections. Yeah. And considering that they're showing, <laughs> considering that they're showing that at one point, you know, blue states and West Virginia are going to lose representation. And with the blue states that are losing it, uh, New York, California, Michigan, and I think the other, I think, I can't remember the other one, and West Virginia losing the, losing seats. It's a policy thing. And even West Virginia, it's federal policy affecting them because of the attacks on the coal industry. As the federal government makes it more and more unsustainable for power companies to produce electricity by burning coal, uh, coal mining in West Virginia is drying up, and so people are leaving. But then you look at the states that are gaining seats. Oregon has become very popular. So for a blue state, apparently every apparently all the hippies are moving to Portland so they can go burn down federal buildings. They're gaining a seat. Texas gaining two state or gaining two seats, mostly because of the number of Californians who are moving to Texas. Please leave your policies at the door in New Mexico. They're already they're already uh, messed up from the ground up, so you can just like I said, leave those policies there, and you know come to Texas and be a Texan. <laughs> oh yeah, Pennsylvania. That was another one that's losing a seat. So three of the four states losing a seat important seat imported COVID in nursing homes. Interesting. Is there a number they can call? No, there's not a number you can call. If you're listening to this live and you want to call in, click the call in button. And if I'm actually paying attention to the screen and I see it, I will I will accept your call. And there's discussion about, well, I've been drinking, so I don't know if it's a safe idea. I'm sitting here with a wonderful glass of Jameson Irish whiskey. Not my preferred tipple, but you know what? It's not bad. So, all right, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. Tired of the same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar. How about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners? Tired of a whole regimen of pre workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym? Go to builtbar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars, built boost energy drink mixes, and built go energy gels. Built Bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only four to five net carbs for you keto dieters. Six flavors of Built Boost Energy Drink Mix and three flavors of Built Go Energy Gel. Built Bars are made in America using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate. 
go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code RELENTLESS to save 10% and let them know you heard about them from Relentless Dairy. All right, getting back into it. Um, So the last big story that I wanted to talk about from this last week, the FBI conducted a raid on the home of former federal prosecutor, mayor of New York, and personal attorney to one Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani. And it was kind of a big deal because they took all of his electronic devices, you know, minus the hard drives from Hunter's laptop that he had given to him. They apparently they didn't need those, but one of the shocking people who came out and said, dude, this is wrong is liberal left wing crazy man, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, the Dersh went on Newsmax to say Giuliani, that the Giuliani raid was unconstitutional. Now, say what you want about Alan Dershowitz as far as his politics goes. He might not agree with what the Constitution says. He might not agree with the position that the Constitution makes on a number of issues. But as far as he is concerned, he might not agree with it, but by God, that's the Constitution. That's what it says. So that's what he's going to roll with. And so this is one of those things where he's speaking out and going, you know what? Personally, I may or may not like Rudy Giuliani. That's irrelevant. But what happened to him was unconstitutional because of what implications it has for all sorts of attorneys down the road. Uh, Getting into the article, Uh, The FBI raid this week on former President Donald Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, violated the, quote, spirit and letter of the Constitution, end quote, because it permitted prosecutors to read privileged information without permission, according to legal expert Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax TV. Quote, this was just a misuse of the search and seizure power. Initially, it was turned down. Now it was approved both by a judge and by the Attorney General of the United States, so it wasn't so it wasn't lawless action, but I believe they acted inconsistently with both the spirit and letter of the Constitution and that there should be remedies for it. It shouldn't be done this way. It should be done through subpoena, and that is the constitutional route to getting evidence. End quote. The only reason to raid Giuliani's privileged electronics is out of fear he would destroy evidence. But Dershowitz added that the burden of proof falls short in this case. To conduct a search warrant is to imply that Rudy Giuliani and other lawyers who are subject to the search warrant would destroy evidence. Now, Giuliani knew they were after cell phones and the computers for months and months and months, and he didn't destroy anything. So what's the basis for the search warrant rather than subpoena? The Fourth Amendment demands a subpoena in these situations, not a search warrant. What they did in this case was unconstitutional, end quote. Reading the privileged information is damaging enough to Giuliani or any of his clients because of tainting prosecutors who tend to privately share information with each other. He went on to say, what the government does is they seize it all, and then they give it to some prosecutors, and they call them the taint team. I'll... Let you make your own jokes. Those prosecutors read all the privileged information. They decide what to turn over to the prosecution team. Dershowitz had that the prosecutors then say, well, all, all right, this is privileged, so we won't use it in a trial, but the government has already read it. That's illegal. The Fourth Amendment doesn't protect you only against criminal prosecution. It protects your privacy. And so in a situation like this, They should always use a subpoena, not a search warrant. Dershowitz acknowledged to Higby, he has advised Giuliani's lawyers in in this case pro bono. They ought to move to A, 
get the material back and have the government subjected to subpoena analysis. B, they ought to reject the idea of a tank team and require that anybody that if anybody goes over this, it ought to be a judge, magistrate, or at least a master outside the prosecutor's office appointed by the court. But the idea of having one group of prosecutors tell the other group of prosecutors whether they can use it or not is having the fox guard the chicken coop. And that's just not the right way under the Constitution. And Dershowitz lamented the basis for the investigation being a lack of registering as a foreign agent is weak on legal grounds, amounting to a political witch hunt of Trump's personal attorney. Which, now, you know, Merrick Garland, God bless him, he's just such an honest broker. He said that he was going to, you know, as Attorney General, be completely independent of the White House, yet he blessed off on going after a personal attorney for the former president of the United States. And the grounds that he went on is failure to register as a foreign agent. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky because was Rudy Giuliani working with foreign officials when trying to track down a lot of this, uh, Ukrainian corruption. <laughs> Pretty princess team. I think the signal went bad. I just heard Tyler call Merrick Garland honest. Um, yeah, I, I, I forget my allergies weren't acting up. So there wasn't a sniff after calling him an honest broker. Nor was there an extended pause for me taking a drink of whiskey. But saying that he wasn't being a, wasn't stepping up as a foreign, or wasn't registering as a foreign agent while investigating on behalf of the President of the United States corruption, you know, it's not like he was advising a foreign government. He wasn't advising uh, powerful brokers within a foreign within a foreign country or serving as a member of a board on a Ukrainian uh energy sector company that when you don't have any experience with energy other than the kind that comes from smoking rocks of cocaine um <laughs> libertarian ninja when my stepdad worked for the state of Nebraska, they had a thing called a team within a team, a.k.a. a twat. <laughs> nice. That's an epic, that's an epic acronym. But yeah, so you have Hunter Biden who, you know, he was working in Ukraine on behalf of a Ukrainian energy company who's you know, president had a uh, questionable reputation at best, a.k.a. he was an oligarch. But, you know, oh, well, Hunter didn't register as a foreign as a foreign agent. But, you know, these things happen. Just to sweep it under the rug. I mean, this is 100% lawfare. Now. Is anyone going to go after our wonderful, wonderful climate czar? Such wonderful, wonderful terminology. A climate czar. Is anyone going to go after John Kerry for the millions and millions of dollars that he has made from China? That he has made from many other foreign foreign entities? Probably not. <laughs> because you know, it's John Kerry. I mean, you know, they'll they'll drag him through the mud in front of the camera and you know he'll you know, and he'll get all boo-boo face. And I'll ask, John, why the long face? 
<laughs> Where they get them from, Zarza Russ. That's uh, a good one, Kim. Um, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely insane that they're trying to do this. It, it, even if it was proven to be okay, yeah, we seriously overstepped our bounds, and normally someone would lose their jobs over it. You know, yeah, we're just going to give someone a swan the wrist. I mean, look what happened with when it came out that, yeah, someone doctored the paperwork to be able to get the FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. It it wasn't anyone of consequence who was punished. Even when the first IG report came out that said James Comey and McKay were completely dishonest, they weren't fired. Well, I mean, Comey was fired, McKay was fired, and everyone threw a giant crap fit over that. Because, you know, how dare someone who works at the pleasure of the president be fired? Well, I mean, it's an appointed position. <laughs> if they're not doing the job, bye bye But, yeah, they were fired, but they were never criminally prosecuted. James Comey had to know, and McKay and Christopher Ray, they all had to know that they're signing off on these FISA warrants that it was full of fake information. It was full of lies. It was full of oh what what what's that p word i'm thinking perjury they presented knowingly falsified documents to a judge to get a warrant every damn one of them should have been brought up on charges but no some lowly backroom DOJ attorney, some, some attorney no one has ever heard of and no one will ever hear of. I can't even tell you his name. He's so low on the totem pole. He got one year of probation. Ooh, yeah. He's not even being disbarred. Yet now we are going after a lawyer. They're going to go through all of his privileged information. He may have clients who, who are guilty as sin for a number of crimes. And it, yeah, maybe the federal government doesn't go after them, but it mysteriously gets tipped off to state officials in New York. And suddenly, there's state charges against these clients of Rudy Giuliani's. Or maybe federal charges in a district outside the Southern District of New York. Huh. It, it's weird how these stupid things kind of happen. Just magically. Oh, we took much stuff that we weren't supposed to. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, hey, by the way, you know, this federal district attorney office, look into this. We we had a tip. It's it's ridiculous. And no one will no one will be, you know, held accountable for it. Even if it came off as it went straight from Merrick Garland's hands to the federal judge to sign off on it, and Merrick Garland, knowing what he's doing, is incredibly, if not, uh, you know, while legal, incredibly unconstitutional, incredibly, incredibly crazy, incredibly immoral, 
and unethical, yet will anyone pay the price for it? I doubt it. It's absolutely freaking stupid. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up for the evening. Um, If you haven't checked it out yet, please go back and listen to my uh, interview with the amazing John Ziegler. Um, he's an absolutely awesome guy. He gives, you know, we're supposed to do this interview last week. Or no, it was two weeks ago. Crazy things happened at the last possible second. We had to wave off. But, you know, he's gracious enough to, you know, with his time to come back and talk to me last Monday, put the episode out on the Wednesday prior to this, talking about his new podcast with the benefit of hindsight and looking at uh, his 10 years of work on the Penn State Jerry Sandusky sex crime scandal that according to his reading of all the information, and he makes a very compelling case, never happened. Um, again, check that out. It's awesome. Please share that with your friends. Get people interested in his, in his new podcast. You know, and I want to say this right now and be fully honest. Me and John Ziegler, we don't agree on everything. I know that's shocking. Uh, we've had some amazing Twitter back and forths about, you know, Section 230 and so much. Yet, he's an honest enough broker. He will come onto a show with someone that he's actively had some pretty big blowouts with and talk about a show and talk about the podcast he's done because, you know, it's that important to him. And it, it's kind of funny. If you make it through to the end of it, I kind of kind of blindsided him with questions about a, you know, shows about Michael Jackson and Matt Lauer. It's and you and you can tell he's completely blindsided because he just starts laughing because he he it just comes out of nowhere. Um, again, check it out. It's awesome. Uh, John Ziegler, absolutely amazing. Uh, great guy. Follow him on Twitter at Zygmunt Freud. He might piss you off. He might make you laugh, but by golly, it's worth the follow. <laughs> For the children. <laughs> Simone. Oh, gosh. All right. Um, Again, eh, my regular closeout stuff. If you're listening to this on podcast, stitcher.com. You can go on, leave a review. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, number one, please subscribe. Please, I'm asking nicely. Then, um, have to subscribe. Give a give a show a listen. Then, rate it, preferably five stars. I will accept four. Four is a good number. I'm willing to take it. I prefer five. Then write a review. That way, as it pops up in suggested podcast for. You know, other new people who haven't heard it yet, they'll read through they'll read through those reviews and go, huh? People seem to generally like this show. It's great. Whatever. Uh, except for that one guy. That one guy seemed to have an issue with the show. Hmm. Have to check it out for myself. And finally, the last thing I ask you to do is please share this podcast. Tweet it out. Share it on Facebook. Whatever. Send the link directly to a friend who you think will like the show. Better yet, send the link to someone who you think will hate the show and it'll drive them crazy because I want to be your tool for driving other people insane. Hate and discontent, it's what I do. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, to support this show, please go to RelentlessDaring.com. At the top of the page, you will see a donate button. Click on it and you can set up a one-time or a recurring donation. Or you can hit up the uh, hit up the merch shop. Buy merch. It's cool. Everything that you give to me goes back into this show in some way, shape, or form. Whether it is this totally amazing Rode Procaster board, this awesome uh, Rode Pod mic, whatever it is, paying for subscriptions to keep this show available on the interwebs, 
it all goes to funding the show. Uh, it's completely self-supported. Even with my advertising, yeah, they're not an actual advertiser. I'm a, I'm an affiliate. I talk about the stuff and I get paid on commission. It, there's nothing direct here. I do it because I love their products and I'm more than happy to tell you all about. It. So again, supporting the, supporting the advertisers, supporting me directly. It all goes to making the show better for you. Libertarian Ninja wants to know, I, you want to be a tool? That's weird. Well, you know, <laughs> blah. Wow. Lots of comments about me being a tool to spread your hate and discontent to others. Yeah. They're so, my listeners are so great. God bless them. Again, thank you all for listening. Come back next week. Maybe I will, you know, take some more calls. I don't know. We'll see. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.